however it is for you in this moment. Remembering to recognize to allow to understand that this is what's happening. There is this experience and it can be known. Remembering that the process of the Dhamma, process of meditating, isn't about getting what we want or stopping experiences that we don't want. Cultivating this capacity of awakened attention, the simplicity of the heart and mind that remembers. We can recognize that the range of experiences that we have, they can go from subtle and calm to sometimes more intense, more activity, bodily activity, mental activity. From the point of view of knowing, awareness doesn't care. Awareness can know. As we trust this quality to recognize, to be aware, we can invite in this attitude of relaxing. The experience is already happening without trying, hearing happens. We don't make that activity happen. Hearing happens. Sensations in the body, we don't make them happen. It's not our job to stop them from happening. Awareness can acknowledge and recognize both the object 
what's being known. Then we become clear that there is this knowing. Experiences being known. And as we trust this quality of awareness to know or to recognize, even difficult experiences, agitations in the mind, or proliferations of thoughts and stories, we simply know that's what's happening. say the meditating mind can be simple when it understands its job. If we're not needing to create or get rid of anything, how much effort is needed in this moment to recognize what's happening. In this way, we can allow the nature of the mind and heart to unfold. This is allowing the Dhamma to reveal itself. And we learn to soften, softening the heart. listening, acknowledging. We always live life one moment at a time. So there's no need to follow the ideas about how we've been doing on the retreat, how things are going. We will always have one moment at a time. And when we learn to practice this way, this understanding of how the Dhamma comes into our life, we can see that living is a practice. Each moment, every day, we're practicing. And when we, when we remember to be aware 
then we're cultivating the Dhamma. This steady awareness allows us to see our experience clearly, the changing nature, the body and mind. Passing moments and nothing to be clung to. Allowing the wisdom to recognize what's present. Understanding the skillful relationship moment by moment to experience.
Good morning. It's our last full day together. On retreats, Saido Tejaniyas, um, I love this thing that he would often tell people at the beginning in terms of framing the retreat. Maybe I should have said this earlier. Um, <laughs> but he would say, you know, I, I, don't, uh, I don't care if you have any insights, you know, during this time. What I'd really like to offer you is to understand how to practice or to kind of give you some more uh, interest in the practice. And I think that orientation of seeing retreats in a way as places of training to grow our interest and kind of get um, you know, more inclined towards this, towards this practice, we can see then the retreat being something that we're not trying to squeeze something out of it. Because oftentimes by the, like the last day, I'm like, okay, this is my last day and I'm gonna have to really squeeze whatever I can out of it to kind of get that insight that I know will change everything. (laughs) Um, So just notice how this, this, the conditions of this day also impact the mind that sometimes as we get closer to the ending of something that naturally uh, conditions the mental formations, the thoughts, ideas about the situation, planning, uh, energy can come up. And remembering that, you know, with, with awareness and with wisdom, we know it, we know the mind is planning and the mind is thinking or thinking about the situation. Nothing needs to stop. Right, nothing needs to change. We can actually know that the mind is planning right? and not necessarily just get brought into the story of it because there's enough clarity to know, ah, the mind is planning. And again, there's awareness and allowing whatever natural processes are going on. One, one subtle place around thoughts that are, it's also interesting and Joseph would often say this is around Dhamma thoughts is that we can very easily think about the Dhamma, but because they're Dhamma thoughts, like, you know, if you're not trying to get out of here as soon as you can, you might have thoughts of maybe doing another retreat. And there's this um, line, I think it's a little, very short poem or haiku, it says, being in Kyoto, dreaming of Kyoto. And we can be in the midst of retreat, dreaming about retreat or, you know, what it's like when you're going to be mindful or something like that. Um, Yeah, so just discovering how this day, a day that has uh, this sense to it, the idea, the knowledge that, oh, this is the last day. And and just learning about how that is, you know, what what that does bring up in the mind and heart as part of the learning uh, process, right? That's always going to be happening. We're always actually experiencing a tremendous amount, right, of feelings and thoughts. And we see practice more and more then as meeting what is here again and again. So as that gets fully established, this is really that, it's almost, in my mind, it's like a a lineage, a change of lineage in our mind. We're no longer grabbing hold of what arises and we've taken a step into being aware of it. Being aware of what arises and taking refuge in that. 
huge change can start to happen in that field. So that we feel this deep confidence that whatever is here can be known. And I love the menu board this morning, if you happen to see it. The usual, what was it? The usual being known? <laughs> the usual is being known. Because if it's just the usual, and we're not, it's not being known, then what is, happens when the mind says, this is the usual? Right? It's like, oh, this is the usual. And, and there's a little bit of potentially, you know, oh, this is the usual, God, nothing's happening. This is so mundane, so ordinary. But being known, ah, that's the taste of freedom. <laughs> Anyways, okay, so <laughs> we have time for uh, questions. And again, love to invite anyone that hasn't had a chance to um, ask a question. We'll start off in that way. Yes. Uh, can you talk a little bit about how to integrate this style of practice with some other styles that we might be doing uh, back home, such as um, following the breath or mm-hmm. body scanning, things like that? Is, is, it, is it the case that one has to give out to the other? Because some of these practices are much more focused and, and less uh, inclusive of all experiences like this style. Yeah, so basic question of how to integrate this practice with other styles of practice that we might be doing at home like body scanning or coming back to the breath. Do you have to drop one to pick up another? I think, you know, again, that's part of our learning, learning process. The Buddha offered a tremendous amount of upaya. Upayas are skillful means. And there are so many techniques or so many ways of meeting a moment. And even to, you know, different personalities, but also in, internally for each of us, the day doesn't look the same. So there's, there's so many moments. And part, I think, of growing in confidence in ourself, right, in our own ability to listen, is to see what, what's happening now, what will be useful. And that becomes sort of second nature. It's like when we're riding a bike in the beginning, everything's so mechanical. And then you begin to really feel what, what is the approach that's balanced. And when should I pedal really hard? When am I doing it too hard? Right? So in, in understanding whatever it is that we've offered this week, see when is, it, when is it supportive to your practice? Right? And when does it feel like well, I'd rather do something that feels a little bit more directive? You know, maybe doing some body scan and, and landing the attention on the breath. So really to, to just attune to the, to the moment and see... Uh, what feels supportive. And I think when we have an ability to step back so we see what it is we're doing, we can also understand, well, what is the motivation there? Because sometimes we might have a motivation, you know, and this can happen, for example, with uh, practices in the Brahma Viharas, metta, mudita, upekka, karuna, the, those qualities of loving kindness, of compassion, you know, it's like you're sitting in the car and feeling very impatient. And then you just try to meta the other person, you know. And it's like sometimes that can be really skillful because it just puts out the fire. But it can also be, it can also at times be not quite connecting to, oh, what is this? What is the mind doing? What ideas in the mind? 
And you can combine them, kind of go back and forth. But if the, if the response is every time something's unpleasant is to just bring in, for example, one skillful means like metta, that may not be the, the, the most skillful way of you know, going down the path of, of understanding something. So I would just say, really be interested and explore openly what helps, what doesn't, to have an attachment. As Mark was saying last night, we can very easily get attached to practices, to views. Not that you're sort of saying this, but you know, if, if we go around saying, well, yeah, natural awareness, that's, that's the thing. In that moment, being aware that the mind is attached, that becomes, in a way, a little bit a, a skillful means that we start to bring in. Where is the attachment? Why is there a little bit of sense of struggle right here or, or conflict? But really just to empower yourself, listen to yourself, listen. And I think, you know, body posture, for example, we can so easily override what would be supportive to us because we've associated or correlated mindfulness with looking a certain way, right? And that's actually, we've no longer, we're no longer listening. You know, and some people, when they've really taken in this idea that you can practice lying down and they come back on retreat, they say, wow, it's been so helpful to just lie in bed or lie on, on the hard surface and do, and just so much, so much practice time while lying down, really understanding how to bring ease into the body. But that, you know, that's part of their own exploration. If they had only kind of unknowingly put themselves in the same situation again and again, that's not allowing the learning process to happen. Yeah, so explore. Yeah, great. Yes. Mm-hmm. at the airport. Yes. <laughs> and that is going to be radically different from from here, or will it not? I mean, any thoughts about that? Or yeah. Practice. <laughs> Practice. Our sense doors are flooded here. They're saturated. We, we They're saturated with seeing, saturated with hearing, saturated with feelings, with thoughts but they're not agitating because it tends to hear when we see one another, for example, we're reminded of mindfulness at this point. At the beginning, maybe we were being reminded of preferences, right? <laughs> now, increasingly, we see one another actually and because everyone's practicing. This is the beauty of Sangha. We come together, we see one another. Oh, right. We remember to be present and to notice what's happening even you know, when there is the judgments and things. We go into the world and all that really is being triggered from the, the signs of what we're picking up is all of the agitation that's there. It's still seeing, it's still hearing. And so, you know, you can take the airport as a great place to practice. So then the airport becomes a place you say, oh, I'm, I'm going into an airport. I'm going to sit down and just have that be a time, keep the eyes open and just open to seeing, to hearing, to the experiences. And again, this is, this is just so valuable when that view in our mind is we can be aware in any situation. It doesn't have to be calm to be aware. 
then in fact we can be in the midst of a lot of commotion, a lot of activity, and awareness is present. It's just our tendency to follow and, and get distracted into things that then the mind becomes agitated and then we feel overwhelmed by all of the activity. But when the mind is peaceful and actually aware, it's very peaceful and there can be incredible commotion. Right? But we have to explore and be interested in what does it feel like to bring awareness to a really busy moment that I'm not normally aware in. And this is why when I was at the the monastery, and I think I mentioned that Utejaniya didn't want me to report about my sitting because he saw that every time I reported about my sitting, I was in a way re-strengthening my attachment to good experiences, you know, that I was considering good experiences and calm. He really wanted me to go and to talk to the other yogis talk, you know, and to try to develop continuity of awareness so that the awareness is something that I could live with, rather than having this idea that I was constantly trying to get back to some calm experience. And then the invitation then is to try, and I was talking one of the groups, then every conversation becomes interesting to see if you can have some awareness there. And then afterwards reflect, how did that conversation go? then you know you're going to have another conversation. And again, seeing conversations as a place to practice because it's so triggering in terms of all the, the mental states and very easy to lose oneself. And we'll talk more about this this afternoon. But if you keep framing those difficult places where you lose awareness as places to try again, you'll see the awareness starts to come in with you. Come in and come in. Then you're learning more and more to stay at home meaning not home, home, but stay at home in your body, in your mind. And then you're there aware. And it's such a different experience. It's so wonderful. And it is, this is just a matter of practice. And we'll talk, we will talk more about the home, home practice. Uh, Think tonight and then tomorrow as well. Okay, just a couple announcements. So as the retreat is changing form a little bit, I think the schedule might be up already. So today at uh, two o'clock, we have um, some announcements that we ask uh, you to come to. Is there a bell ringer for that time? Yeah. Okay, there'll be a sign up. Okay, so an opportunity for someone to sign up for that. And additional time is four o'clock. We're going to have an opportunity um, in a contained. Uh, space to practice some very simple mindful speaking. Um, and that's, would really want you to come to that because you're going most likely to speak within a short while. And here you get to do it with Sangha that have practiced alongside you and will offer in a, in a, in a structured way. So that'll be at four o'clock. And the rest of the schedule stays the same. Okay, so just continue taking care of yourself and we'll see you during the day. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org.
www.ghostbusters.org slash donate.